0: Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers Eleven. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing. And then the bell notification so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Obviously, we have videos going up daily, but sometimes we might get two or three up in a day. So you want to be made aware of that. So make sure you uh, hit that bell icon. We've got some mental guests coming up uh, today and across the, uh, the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we've just posted our 50th guest as well, which was fantastic. Um, and today's guest is is brilliant. And I'm looking forward to him. He writes for the West Antelope Die website, which he sort of concentrates on maybe more the the history side and the traditions of Upton Park so really really interesting articles and obviously his Twitter feeds really good because you know when players birthdays are and stuff. Uh, it's Dan Coker, hi Dan how are you? Hello Ross. you alright? Yeah not bad, not bad as a you know it's it's a it's a weird it's an even weirder time I think now football's sort of on the horizon do you know what I mean when we didn't have it it was okay but now it's there it's like really close and things are starting to seem a bit real again now uh, I'm a bit worried. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is, isn't it? So it's like, yeah. Um
1: and roll adds, with it, yeah
0: I know you've got to roll with it and, and whatever happens, happens. But uh it's it's good to see and I think it'll boost, you know, it's very true when they said they were trying to um kick off sport and get sport going as much as possible because that would boost morale uh the country. And I think that is the case. You know, we've had the snooker start in um, obviously people can play golf we've had the horse racing starting as well and i think the football will be um, particularly because it's on bbc and prime and everything else it'll be mental it, it's just like yeah. the world cup as you said before we recorded it just be what it is um looking forward, yeah, to-, anyway. looking forward to it exactly uh, well uh, who knows <laughs> who <laughs> yeah. knows we'll find we out start. exactly <laughs> although we do seem to have most of our games on sky i noticed uh the first three are on yeah. sky that's for sure um, being chelsea at home yeah Tottenham away and wolves at home so some nice games for them nice um, oh, easy stuff yeah exactly but then you know <laughs> we've got a fully fit, fully fit squad haven't we which we is
1: have,
0: yeah. for the first game <laughs> <laughs> well <until laughs> long we've still got sort of two weeks until we're uh, we kick off so uh, who knows what's gonna happen that time <laughs> um but we can look back can't we um and that's the yeah. idea of the channel is to talk about memories you know, obviously, while we're waiting for everything to kick off uh, about West Ham and obviously the players that had some influence on you, whether it was positive or negative, as some people have done, you know, it doesn't really matter. But for you, Dan, you know, who, you know with your sort of, obviously, you spend a lot of time um, sort of researching the history and stuff like that of West Ham. But but for you personally, what was your earliest memory of West Ham? Can you sort of recall? Yeah, and the earliest
1: memory would have been a pre-season game at Gillingham, which is... It's my local team. Um, my dad's been going to West Ham since the 1960s, so it's kind of always been in the family, but um, we actually had an interesting moment in that pre-season friendly because we bumped into Ian Bishop and Trevor Morley. Um, the club hadn't been kind of doing coaches, I suppose, to away games at that point and Bishop and Morley got lost basically on, on the way to Friesfield to and had a, a club car with all the sponsorship on the side as they used to have in those days. And Beludo used to have a, a sponsored Skoda um, which yeah. he somehow managed to squeeze yeah. into um and they were lost and my dad went up to him and said are you looking for the ground and gave him directions um and yeah and um, we decided that night we go that was my first game um at Priestfield we lost 4-1 um Starting to lowly gillingham so start as you mean to go on
0: yeah.
1: um but they were brilliant they sent some sign photos through the post um and that kind of got me got me hooked really my first game at Upton Park was a month or so later, I think, and we played Man City, um, September 91 relegation season, yeah. Um, yeah. and it was, it was brilliant. We were sat in the West Upper, and I remember we, had, um, we were not too far away from the director's box, and Dirty Den from EastEnders was there, Leslie Grantham, Eddie Large, it was a big Man City fan who passed away recently, they were both yeah. in the director's box, mm-hmm. I was really close to them. Um, and it was just, if you kind of have my West Ham supporting life as a microcosm, that was it. Um, yeah. We um, we went one 0 down because Colin Foster ambled one on the line and got sent off. Um, we then equalised with an amazing team goal, which started off with Ludo Nutmegging Colin Hendry, who was playing up front for him at the time. For some mm-hmm. reason, I don't know why the centre half he went and play for Blackburn. Um, Kenny Brown got a goal, brilliant volley, and then in the last minute, Ludo let one through his hands, and, and we ended up losing it 2-1. That is so, the, that, that is the mind of West Ham, isn't it? That's mental. pretty much yeah.
0: That's so funny. Um, and I know what you mean about the whole, like, director's box and Dirty Den, and, you know, like, as I say, I remember, I remember watching, you know, seeing David Essex coming out of the of the West Stand, and people, and like, uh, what's his name? Um, Billy Mitchell, and, and, you know, Nick Berry, and yes. you're like, wow, oh my God, I'm so cool <laughs> to be in the same world as these people. But yeah, and as you said, you started as you meant to go on, you know, relegation season, obviously promotion the season after, that was a good year uh um, yeah, was a great season that one yeah that was brilliant wasn't it i mean that was my first season so you know i mm. I was a glory hunter really in all in all <laughs> respects um but yeah that was awesome that whole season and you know it since then obviously sort of the early 90s on was done you know you must have had obviously lots of experiences maybe dealing with ex-players and stuff like that for the website and things what sort of what sort of memories sort of stick out as as sort of you know, maybe many things differently than the necessary games. You know, is there any sort of memories or any sort of stories that have sort of stuck out in your career, so to speak, being a West Ham. Um,
1: probably the one um, which sticks out after from the obvious, you know, last game against Man United, yeah. um, which is probably my favourite memory. Um, would be one where I wasn't at the game, but might have been able to make a difference, which is a bit of a strange one. Remember Manny O'Malley against Aston Villa in, in the quarter final. Yeah. I was actually at the game that he played for Dillingham. <laughs> earlier that year. Um, so I, I knew he was cup tied, and I was going to all the games then. But I think that game, I was on a school trip. We were um, on an A level school trip somewhere, um, and I knew we'd won the game. I knew we'd won it on penalties, um, you know, kind of kept up with the score. Then the next morning, I looked at the paper and saw that Omri and me had come on as a sub, and I knew at that moment um, we'd played a cup tied player because I'd actually seen them on the pitch at Priestfield playing. I think it was against Bolton, for Gillingham. Um, and I just think, you know, if I could have been at that game, grabbed, grabbed hold of a steward, get me down, you know, to the tunnel, they probably wouldn't have listened. It but, <laughs> what
0: would have what you know, been? It, it could have changed
1: what that moment. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, so that, that one's up there. Um, playing, any game against Man United has always been good um, yeah. over the years. I remember um, back to Chapman and Morley, I think, scoring two in two minutes. Um, putting us 2 1 up against Man United in front of the North Bank. Um was that, that game with my dad and my uncle and my cousin? Um and Paul into in the last minute. So again, typical West Ham. Um obviously the 94-95 game with Ludo, um, Dixie smashing that penalty in um yeah. in 1996, I think it was. Um but yeah, any game against Man United down the years and obviously culminating in that that big game, the last one at the bowling. Yeah. Um when we won, that's probably my, my greatest memory. Although my yeah. dad couldn't be at that game, unfortunately. He had, to, he had work and he couldn't get out of it. He was gutted. Um, so his last game was losing 4-1 against
0: Swansea, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Again, <laughs> but, it's yeah, that, that was worse, that, it? an amazing night.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing night. It was a, it was a very, um, I was, I, I felt very privileged, um, you know, not only because I was one of the 36,000 people there, you know, considering how people were outside, um but just obviously you know the, the stuff i do so you know being privileged enough to you know you know it was an, as i said i've said before on previous videos you know walking around the ground you know during during the morning and there was no bugger in there and you know just walking around the changing rooms and sitting where i used to sit like several times obviously you move around when you when use a ticket holder you know i was it was in the east stand and then we moved to the, what was the family enclosure you know centenary upper um and and yeah just walking around and just taking in the, the place really and it was an amazing amazing day wasn't it? amazing evening stressful yeah. because obviously the game but you know then i was listening to i was next door to all the the guys doing the production afterwards and Billy didn't turn up, and he turned around and went home, and you know it's like oh it's like, and then, the, then obviously everything got delayed, didn't it? So we had to put the fireworks yes, at yeah. the beginning, not at the end. <laughs> so it's like you know, but it's just the way it was. But it's the West Ham way, isn't it? It's just like you, yeah. you make do as you go along. <laughs> so even going two one down was so West Ham. <laughs> exactly but as you said again you talk about that, that microcosm of, of your first home game there that was a microcosm of the west ham you know as you yeah. said man united always turned up against the, the better teams went down but dug in when when it really really mattered we seemed to always yeah. produce something and uh, yeah it was an Definitely. amazing day um and and yeah as you said that, that you're right united games we always seem to be a bit special um yeah. not so much i think now because that sort of the shines come off a little bit of man united where they were obviously during this, yeah, we were, were. Yeah, the sort of when we were yeah in the 90s but uh yeah no it's and and they, they always seem beatable don't they whereas you know when you i don't know when you turn up with uh, like liverpool you know at the moment you know it's like yeah. they just you just turn up for the numbers really in all honesty yeah. at the moment because they're just so up and above everyone else but uh it is what it is and we carry on and we carry on plugging away um one day one day so in terms of the uh in terms of the hammers 11 idea so as i said we're asking people about their Hammers 11. um we try and keep it to a 442 which isn't a problem for us i think people of our generation Um uh, the older generation you know as i said i've i've learned what an inside half is um, a left forward, all these terms I've never heard of before. So, you know, it's interesting. It's quite sort of a learning process. The second rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. So, obviously, you report on some of the greatest players who have played for West Ham through West Ham till I die through the history stuff. But obviously, you didn't see them. So, you couldn't put Bobby morris for yep. example, or or Jeff Peters, Jeff Peters, Martin Peters, and Jeff <laughs> Hurst. Cry. Who's uh, Jeff Peters with you? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we couldn't put in Jeff Hurst, but we could put in Guillermo Franco, for example um it was that seems a, a similar sort of yin and yang. And the third one is you can talk about whoever you want it doesn't have to be the best players and to be honest most of people's 11 if you put the 11 out on the pitch they might not be the best players but for that person they were their favorite players or the players they hated the most or the players they they might have shouted at the most or had the best chance it really doesn't matter to be honest Dan um it's, and it's nice to get people's vision. we've had about 120 different names have appeared so far uh, which isn't bad considering you know this type of thing you yeah. know obviously you can you can imagine a few favorites emerging but uh you know we've had uh, we've had two people say paul lintz for example um you know and and you know We've had some interesting ones as well. Uh, Rasfam Rat appears in one. Right. Um yeah, Rasfam Rat came out in Charlie Walsh's one um from Hammer's Chat because he wore um a onesie, Christmas onesie for the um the Christmas catalogue. Um, and that was right. why he, yeah, little things like that. So in terms that's of all the, him, That's all anyone remembers well, I think <laughs> so, yeah. Uh in terms of the 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 Dan Eleven, who would be between the sticks for your team, Dan?
1: Okay, we've, had, we've been blessed with a lot of really good goalkeepers, I think, over the last 30 years or so. Um, and a lot of them kind of ended up winning the Hammer of the Year as well. Um, Fabianski, Hislop, Ludo, um, Bruno, etc. Um, for me, it came down to between two different goalkeepers. Um, Ludo, I think, played almost every game for the first six and a half years of me going to, going to West Ham. So he's kind of intrinsically linked to my West Ham past and my childhood. I'm going to give it to Rob Green. Um, Greeno was absolutely um, fantastic for us. Um, I know that he obviously had the big mistake um, for England in 2010, but for me, I don't remember that. I remember the brilliant performances he put in for us week in, week out. I think um, he saved eight penalties for us in about six seasons, um, which is incredible. I think he saved three in a row. The one that sticks out for me was the one from Defoe. In that last, I think it was 93rd minute or something against Tottenham when he sits on the post. And it's, it's not necessarily a save that I remember that for. It was um, when the ball came back in, it just looped up in the air and he just caught it, fell on the ground. Everyone's cheering. Mm. Um, and that's that's one of my, my favourite Green home memories. I think another one would be we played away at Barnsley and I was behind the goal at Barnsley. We were all singing, number one is Robert Green, number two is Robert Green. Dream, we're all dreaming of a team of Robert Greens and he was stood with his back to us just counting them out one two three just counting it along with four and up um and he was such a character as well i think people don't really get that about rob green sometimes mm-hmm. but he, he was a he was a fantastic character mm-hmm. and we really latch on to that i think fans with our so green between the sticks for me i think great job yeah,
0: no, yeah. he doesn't take him and, and i think you know when he used when he had england number six stitched on his gloves and stuff yeah. like that he didn't take himself seriously and i think that's 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 something which is lost in the modern game everyone's so serious now because it's such an uber professional uber money sport you know so it's like it's almost like you know they can't take themselves I have to take yourselves very seriously. And as you said, Greeno was a was a good I mean, you know, you see all the stuff he does on his Twitter, you know, that he was a, obviously he won the the European Cup with Chelsea, you know, and and like, I think it's brilliant. I love Greeno. <laughs> He's a good laugh. Right, yeah, he, and he did, yeah, fair yes I mean he did. So you know fair play to him. Okay, I put Greeno between the sticks. It's a nice shout, I think. Um who will have uh who should we have left back?
1: Um okay so left back, um special mentions for Aaron Creswell I'm a big of Cressy. Um, George McCartney, I thought was a really solid left back, but mm. there's only one that I can put in, and that's Julian Dix. Yeah. Um, absolutely brilliant player for us. Um obviously he's got that kind of hard man tag um and he likes to tackle, I think it's fair to say. Um brilliant penalty taker, um, but a really good footballer as well. Yeah, fantastic pass for the ball, um over 30, 40, 50 yards as well. Great left foot. Um and probably my, my childhood era at West Ham, you know, the one who kind of stood up. I've, I've, we had some really good players, but I think he's the one that kind of stood out uh, above the rest as well. Yeah,
0: totally.
1: Um, fantastic player. Pen, penalties, um, and not just you know, smashing those penalties in at 100 mile an hour as he used to, but that free kick against Forrest, I think in '95, where he just killed it over the wall um, with, with his left foot. Yeah. A bit of finesse in there as well as as well as oh, a fierce yeah. shot.
0: Definitely, and and, and he. he... He scored his fair few headers and corners as well, you know. He used to, exactly. uh, watching the, a lot of the the high you know, end of season reviews over again, and yeah, he didn't, I didn't ask how many headers he scored. Now he came forward for corners, but yeah, it's not really much you can say about him. You yeah, know, I mean, he was yeah, he was my hero, and that was yeah. with similar ages, and and yeah, he was he was my West, Mr West Ham. He was my Billy Bonds really, because I wasn't around to see yeah. Billy um, in that era. So okay, put Julian in. Yeah, that's pretty much nailed on position for everyone. I think but it's uh it leads, it? yeah he is he is although Razvan rack rat comes you know close second <laughs> um and vladimir Labant. um right so we'll put dixie at left back who's going to go right back
1: okay right back is probably the one i struggle with the most mm. um to be honest um i think looking back over the last 10 years i think we've only spent 3.7 million million pounds on a right back and that was Sam Byron. I think all the other right backs we've had have been freebies or loan signings um, and no one really stands out. Zabaleta was a fantastic player for Man City but he was never kind of really going to recreate that form for us it's as good as he has been for us. Um, I think the last really good right back we had was probably Lucas Neil. Um, I think he doesn't get much of a, a shout at, um, for the great escape. I think he came in in that Tottenham game we lost 4-3. He had a couple of matches before when he got injured he came back for that game against Tottenham and then um, was in for the rest of the season and his leadership was really important I think. But it's, it's between two for me again for um, right back. Um, Sebastian Schemmel was a really good player for us I thought you know getting forward in that 2001-2 two season to win hammer of the year the year we finished seventh and um, it was a really good um, accolade for him I think. But I'm going to give it to Timmy Breaker um, yep. just yep. because of longevity really. Um, he was a great player to watch. I used to um, enjoy watching him bomb on down the wing he was a great overlapping fullback. got forward good crossing him um he'd score his fair share of goals i think he got eight goals for us one against oxford stands out in that um 92 93 season where he cut inside cut outside and then just looped it over the goalkeeper um really enthusiastic player. i remember his warm-ups were were mad as well to me breaker he used to um used to just stretched in these kind of really weird positions um, with his hamstrings. He used to get a few hamstring in I think, so he used to have to look after those. Um, but actually, he was the first player I had on the back of my shirt, um, and I mean, this is kind of typical West Ham as well, the old Porter cabin um, that used to get the shirts from outside of West Ham. Um, and I had the shirt done, and they gave it back to me, and they spelled his name wrong. Um, they put K-E-R at the end instead of C-K-E-R. Um so we had to get back to him and get done again. So they ruined that shirt. <laughs> that probably cost him a few quid then. <laughs> um yeah, like, he, he was a great player for us over a few seasons. Um so Timmy Breaker it's just amazing. ahead of Sebastian
0: Chemmel for me. That's no, a good shout and and yeah. And uh yeah, that was remember the Oxford game, it was five three, wasn't it? And Oxford scored it was. within like a minute if I remember because that was Probably my first game, and uh, so oh, I remember right, that game. game. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, but then but then Oxford had scored after a minute, uh, so again, typical West Ham. And I remember Julian scoring a, a yeah. thumper as well. That game, right? We'll put Timmy Breaker in. Good chat. Let's go centre backs. Then, Dan, who's your first centre back?
1: We've had so many good centre backs yeah. over the years, so many. Um, I was certainly time that I've been watching, and that's even without counting Bobby Moore. Um, so. The two I'm gonna give it to Rio Ferdinand's my first one to yeah. go in. Um I'm pretty sure Harry Redknapp would describe him as a Rolls-Royce of a centre off, just class. Um quick, fantastic on the ball, skillful. I remember been doing um, kind of pirouettes on the ball, getting himself out of trouble in centre off on the edge of his own box. Um and he was really exciting when he broke through, and I remember thinking at the time, um, you know, this lad's gonna be a fantastic player. Um, he was. Um for the other position, there's so many possible. Stevie Potts, I used to love watching Stevie Potts when I was younger. missed the consistency, hardly ever missed the game. Tony Gale was a great player. Um, Slav was brilliant, Mark Reaper, Ian Pearce. Um And more recently, obviously, the Ginger Pele. Winston Reid was a great servant for us. Um, but I'm going to give it to Alvin Martin. Yeah, I think his, his best days at West Ham were probably before I started going um, in 1991. But you could still see even when he was into his days what a class act he was and i like the fact that in rio and Alvin, i've got two players there who are good on the ball and, and can bring it out of defense good in the air as well the pair of them but i want football in center half and um, for the pair of them play rio and rio and stretch are in there
0: it's a good shot no it's, it's that you're definitely right and i think i think that's, that's a that's a fair pairing as well and i think you're right of you know yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like we seem to have gone like full circle. You know, it used to be, you know, in Bobby's era, so to speak, he was a ball playing centre half, skillful, pinged the ball. Then there was a period I thought sort of maybe towards the end of Alvin's career, so to speak, where it was more blockers. You know, I'm thinking sort of we had like Neil Ruddock and you know Reap. I mean Reap. He wouldn't say was a cultured play. He was just like solid. Uh, and now we're going back to the sort of you know, as you said, like uh, you know, everyone wants that ball playing centre half, don't they? You know, everyone. It, we rested our hopes on on you know John Stones at once. You know, as being that sort of. And, and it, it's funny how everything goes cyclical. So you know, it's it's back to sort of the um Playing from the back, and he's obviously Klopp and Guardiola have sort of brought that, instilled that in that sort of foreign mentality. But that's no, a good shout, I think. Yeah, good pairing. Nice, nice, nice. All right, that's defence done. Let's go, let's go left wing. Then dan who got left wing for you, man? Um,
1: I, I love a winger. Um, someone who can take on a full back, um, get get past their defender, get to the byline, put a crossing, get a pace, get get the crowd, get the crowd going. So I really like the wingers. Um, I used to love watching Matty Jones when I was younger. Um, real tryer Matty and, and a good player as well. Another Matt, uh, Matty Etherington. Mm. I used to love watching so Etherington play for us. But I've got to go with one of the, probably the best player in terms of skill and talent that I've seen in the West Ham shirt, and that's uh, Dimitri Payet. Yeah. Just Even though it was just for a season and a half, if you could pick a, a season where you wanted a player to be absolutely outstanding, it was that last one at Upton Park, and he, he graced the place and he, he gave it the send off that it deserves, I think. Mm. When you get a free kick, 5-10, sometimes even 15 yards outside the penalty area, and you're pretty confident it's going to go in the net, you know, you've got a special player on your hands, and he was, I know he left under a cloud, but I remember everything that he did for us before, even when we, we've been at London Stadium, you know, the, the assist with the, with the Rabona against Watford, and the fantastic goal against Middlesbrough, where he took on their whole defence in midfield pretty much, and, and Twice. put in the net, even, yeah. <laughs> even, that <second> season. Yeah. <laughs> even that second season, he was still turning it on, and you know, just an incredible, incredible player. We don't get too many Ballon on door nominees either at West Ham. So, um, exactly. Jimmy, Jimmy's on the left. Yeah. Sorry no, good but.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I love, and it, it's, 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 and it's one of those things where you don't get that, sort of left winger or right winger who just bombs it down the wing anymore and it's so and thinking about it you know it's so simple you know just bombing get the quickest play you can put it on the left he beats the right back and chips it in as long as you've got like a decent center center back uh, yeah center forward rather um it's just such an easy game football can be but i think we overcomplicate it but yeah Payette was you know i don't think well, in my lifetime, I don't think a player had made such an impact so early on. Usually, you know, we get one and there were a couple of games, three or four games to bed themselves in. Literally from the first game, he was on it and you knew he was gonna be mustered. Yeah. Um and there was nothing of him really, you know. He was a stumpy little bloke, really. He wasn't blessed with pace. <laughs> really, he was like a little stumpy bloke, you know, best wasn't wasn't the quickest thing in the world, but he just had this amazing talent to just beat men. Almost standing still, but there was no real pace. It was almost he stood still and mm. then would do a trick, or as you said, a turn or a flick round, or you know, he's double, easy he do that double thing off his feet, um, and just beat players just with trickery. And yeah, you said we don't get that very often, um, once or twice in a lifetime. I think when I'm seeing players like yeah. that, but yeah, lovely. Shaco okay, but we'll put Dimmy in. Who should we go on the right wing position then down the other side? Um, right wing. You
1: know, I've gone Trevor Sinclair. Yep. Um, Just pace goals. Um, you were just saying there about Payet kind of hitting the ground running. I think um, tricky. Trev scored two on his on his on his first game, on his debut for us. Um, I used to love watching players like Yossi Benayoun as well. You know, Yossi was fantastic for us. And that ninety-two, ninety-three season, when we had Keane and Robson on either wing. But they were both fantastic wingers as well. But Sinclair, I think, um, just Great player for us. played in the 2002 World Cup. I think he actually asked Glenn Roder if he could play that previous season on the left wing so he could try and make that England place um, his own on that left side as well. Um, great player for us. Um scored mm-hmm. goals with his head even though he, he wasn't the tallest. Um, scored spectacular goals, One against Charlton on Boxing Day where he smashed it in from about 35 yards, the overhead kick against Derby. Uh, and i think that was on boxing day as well Uh, two successive boxing day outstanding goal of the season contenders on um yeah Yeah. wonderful player to watch
0: yeah he was great he was great he was uh, i liked sinclair he was just like a he was a real when he was on form he was like unplayable he's a bit similar to how not stature wise but you know when antonio has got the bit between his teeth and And I, you know, I know he's different builds, but literally just pace and would just, you know, and when he, when he was on form, Trevor was brilliant. He was a brilliant player and I don't think yeah. he gets, I don't think he got as much credit as he deserved, particularly, I mean, I was, you know, to be fair, he played like 13, 14 games for England in that, in that period. Um, he'd sort of, sort of, you know, obviously got into the World Cup squad, of, was it? By a few people got injured. Um, but he was, I, I loved him. I loved Trevor. I thought he was a great player. Uh, and so did my yeah. granddad, God, rest his soul. He was, yeah, yeah. Oh, it Yeah, he was, well, yeah, his eyesight was going, bless him. And so, um, anyone, <laughs> anyone, basically, anyone at West Ham who was black, who did anything good, was Sinclair. It was like oh there we go that's Sinclair again no granddad, that was Jermaine Defoe doesn't it? you know yeah that's sort of that's how it worked to him bless him uh tricky Trev on the right nice okay let's go into the midfield then Dan who's your first central midfield player
1: again this, this was a real tough one as well because we've had so many good central midfielders so i'll go with my shoe-in first and that's Joey Cole yep um I've never, rarely been more excited to, to see a player come into the West Ham team than, than Joe Cole from the youth team, anyway. Um, I remember that, um, the 6-0 win over Coventry in the Youth Cup final. No, we were up in the Bobby Moore stand for that one. And he was fantastic in that one. To be fair though, he wasn't even the best player on the pitch that game. That was Michael Carrick. Carrick was incredible in that game as well.
0: But
1: Joe Cole, flair player, tricks, flicks. Um, had a goal in him as well. Probably played his best, more disciplined football um at, at Chelsea. So I don't think we really saw the best of him. But um just the, in terms of the excitement that I felt when I was going to West Ham to, to watch a game and you know, who, who I was excited to go and see. Yeah. Um that's yeah. probably Joe Cole. And that that follows on from when he came back for his second spell. We didn't have a great time at Liverpool. Um but when he came back I was just delighted to have him back on board. Yeah. So, there's
0: there's something about having a West Ham boy yeah. playing for West Ham, isn't it? It's like it's it's one of those things where you yeah. I don't know, it's like I mean, Joe, I mean, bless him, you know, Joe, we, we, everyone was excited from the age of about 13, when he was 13, you know, yeah. that there's this guy coming who's basically going to be absolutely well beaten. Uh, and, and I think although he probably had his best success playing the more disciplined in, in Chelsea, he played more disciplined positions on the left, and obviously England, he played on the left as well, really, you know, I think he was more, most exciting when he was, on the free roll, so to speak at west ham you know like yeah. like like that final you know when he was just doing that those pirouettes for fun you know against a decent coventry yeah. youth team you know chris kirkland was in goal for them i believe at the time mm. um, and you know they put was it eight eight new aggregate nine new aggregate something on like that it was just Nothing, awesome. yeah yeah we had bertie braley on right, right at the early beginning of the chat of the um, the channel and um yeah, he, he was like, he couldn't speak highly of Joe Cole, you know, in terms of, obviously he played with him, didn't he, in the youth team? So, yeah. Um, well, I think, and I think the uh, the story goes that, that said that on a, his first, his first training session with the first team, him and Joe's together, um, was uh, when John Hartson and the Berkovich had a little... <laughs> A little two and eight and that was his last first team training <laughs> session with them so yeah it's like could you kill that all these stories guy, guys absolutely brilliant okay who's joe gonna Welcome partner to first team. i know exactly yeah exactly right <laughs> off you go harry like sent him away straight away so who's, who's joe gonna partner in midfield then Man,
1: this one was really difficult and i was kind of humming an hour in between two really one was kind of more of a, a personal attachment but I've, yeah. I've gone for someone who i think could play really well with with joe cole and that's scotty parker yeah um yeah. so i mean parker i don't think really gets although he did at the time i don't really think he gets looking back no. the the kudos that he should um he was he carried i think for probably about three three seasons yeah, yeah. Three Years along with martin noble and robert green i think those three pretty much carried us. That they um, that they were superb. I think for, for a player to win the Football Writers Player of the Year award when you finished bottom and got relegated, um, there must have been something special about yeah. that particular player that season and he was amazing for us. I think um, not just the fact that he won Amber of the Year three times in a row, not just the fact that um, he, he was such a great player for us, but the, the commitment he showed to the club as well. I think he played hours after the death of his father um, at Tottenham at White Hart Lane the year he got relegated um, he scored some fantastic goals for us, the one against Wigan which kept us up um, was, was was brilliant, just slamming that one in the corner, typical Scotty Parker um, and it, it was such a shame that he had to go. I can completely understand what, why he left us, he wanted to stay yeah. in the air, he wanted yeah. to, um, to play for England in what would probably be his only tournament and, and it turned out to, to be the case that Euro 2012 was his only tournament. Mm. So I can understand why he went to Tottenham um, but I don't think that should diminished
0: what an incredible player He was for us no you shouldn't and as i said hammer of the year three times in a row you know as your football writers you you know play the play of the season on on the year we went down i don't think that's ever happened before and yeah, there were some games in it where literally it was almost like he pulled his socks up and went right. I'm going to do it. I'll do it myself. You know, and it, you had that sense of him. Um, and he used to love doing a Scotty turn, didn't he? Where he stick his ass out. Yeah. And do- <laughs> <laughs> it was so Beautiful. fun. No, he was a great player. And and you know, and obviously, I don't think credit goes to Scott either in terms of how arguably he helped develop Mark Noble as a player and as yeah. a captain because he was mark was like the deputy so to speak to scotty parker when scott was playing and now I, it's almost like you know groundhog day deck is almost like the, yeah. the the set the deputy to mark noble and and hopefully that will continue and deck will then have a another young guy to to, to, deputy, to be the, the senior man but he's it, it, brilliant now scotty parker was great and i think you're right i think yeah. it, the, the fact he went to tottenham should diminish the facts. I mean, you know, we've got Pyatt in there and Pyatt's in a lot of people's yeah. teams and he's only had one season one bit seasons of us and um arguably Scott Parker as a team man, as a captain, was was a lot more influential. But um yeah, we'll put Scott he just, in he, team. He just oh, edged out Ian Bishop for me. Oh good old Bish.
1: I, I love watching Bishop play, but um
0: yeah.
1: I needed someone there who's gonna be I, I Bish could put his foot in but I think Scotty could do it with a bit more regularity, and maybe a bit more. Sure. Sorry, Bish. Yeah. <laughs> as much you. as I love watching Bish play, and, and what what play, what passer he was, and no, it was no, a massive no. influence on the way that I played. Actually, when I was a kid, I used to love watching bitch But Scotty Parker,
0: Scotty Parker, yeah. that's good. All yeah. right, let's 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 go up front then. Dan, you've got your striker, yep. your first striker.
1: First striker again, like like Halving Martin at the back. He's probably someone who had his better days before um I started going to games. But I'm going to go Tony Cotty, yep. um as my yep. first striker um we'd had some some great strikes actually in the first couple of years when i was going Trevor morley and clive allen had that brilliant partnership yeah. um in in 92 93 but um when coty signed it we had an out and out goal scorer um Poacher, which apart from clive allen that first kind of um half season in 92 93 when he was fit it was really exciting to, to see tc come back um so so quite a a nod for me um up front we had so many constructs i think there was one season i think it was 2006-7 where we had six of them we had sheringham zamora haywards tevez carlton cole and dean ashton obviously dino didn't play that year because of injury no, but, but yeah, there's some of the best that we've had. yeah that a bad <laughs> was right a bad oh, jesus that was amazing have, not much to choose from did they <laughs>
0: ah, exactly yeah that's good man yeah no it's uh yeah i mean cotter yeah as you said Club legend, club legend. Be on the channel soon. We've got TC's on soon uh, as, a, as a spoiler. um So, yeah, TC, who's TC going to partner up front then? um
1: I, I am denied over this one as well, really, because I quite like the idea of a big man little man combination. Yeah. So, you know, John Harts and Dean Ashton were, were kind of being considered. Um, but I'm going to go with Flair again. Um, so, it's got to be Paolo DiCagno. I can't leave them out. Nah. Um, <laughs> just considering the circumstances he joined us as well maybe he wouldn't have joined us if he hadn't pushed that referee over um but considering he hadn't played for a few months he hit the ground running um although he was only with us for that second half of the season we finished fifth he was instrumental that year and the year after he's probably along with pyatt the biggest impact i've seen any individual west ham player have. i think he was probably he should have been premier league player of the year in 99 2000 Um he, he was that good Fantastic goals, obviously the one against Wimbledon stands out, but he scored that free kick against Watford from almost on the touchline um, as well. So, yeah, just the the two against Arsenal, when he completely bamboozled Kieran and Adams. And David Seaman, who are three of the best defensive players of the country seen in the last 20 or 30 years, and he made them look like (laughs) mugs. Just an incredible player
0: again. It was wasn't it and, and you know and oh, it's been said lots of times on this channel but every time it's true you know the man was was an entertainer and, and and then they that's what that's what west ham fans want to be they want to be entertained you know we're realistic that we're never going to win the title unless you know a shake take you takes us over. you know because that's 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 the level of investment you need in the premier league to win the title you know the, the likes of leicester were 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 one-offs were exceptions to the rule um we just want to be entertained and, and paulo was just box office you know the man was crazy and he was frustrating but then he'd be mesmeric um and you'd go to a game excited a bit like with pie you'd go to it excited to see what he was going to do um even more even more so a Paolo because not only their skill but who's he gonna piss off who's he gonna yeah how many times is he gonna throw himself on the floor and wanted to be substituted and he was just brilliant and he just got the West Ham fans and that's what the fans want they want an emotional connection someone made a good point point in one of the videos um, you know you watch soap operas for the characters not for the stories the stories change but the characters are what draw yes, you win. Yeah. in and that is so true you know you you've got you've got your your eleven characters that you'd want to see, and if the story doesn't happen the way it usually happens, so West Ham, you I mean know you might be losing or a draw, <laughs> you don't you, as long as those characters are still there and you're happy to see the characters and be entertained by them, that's all that matters I think yeah. um, and maybe all of um, maybe all of this the things that that's gone on might reset expectations and people be more appreciative of of football as a uh, as a form of entertainment rather than you know, slagging everyone off because I know Moise is put on a sub too early or whatever. You know, the fact is, we haven't had football for 100 days. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. anything's better than nothing, do you know what I mean? But yeah,
1: um, I a Trevor Brookin saying once, um, that when you go to West Ham, you just don't know what you're going to get. We could be brilliant, we could be dreadful. And I think if you look at some of the players that are in my team there with DiCaneo and Joey Cole and Sinclair, Pyatt—you're going to be entertained. You know, almost whether we get beat or whether we whether we turn it on and crash someone four or five nil, there's going to be some entertainment value in there.
0: Exactly, as I said, it'll probably as with many teams of that sort of ilk, where you've got a lot of flair, you'd be first on match of the day. Yes. I think it's good. (laughs) You should be be Yeah, (laughs) it should be. Yeah, (laughs) Dan, it's been absolutely brilliant, man. Thank you so much for chatting. Um, it's been good fun. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Uh, and obviously, thank you for watching, everybody. Obviously, like, share, subscribe. You know what to do. Watch loads of them. There's over fifty on there now. It's absolutely mental. And appreciate everyone's uh, you know, support of the channel and stuff. And uh, until next time, guys. From me and Dan, take care and stay safe, everyone. See ya. Bye bye